What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2 another week. What's up, dog? Hey, it's our, our third episode with The Ringer and Spotify, man. Yeah, we locked in now. We rolling. And since, since you know, Marge, your mother, see, is such a big Spotify mm-hmm. fan, like, this is the third episode in a row she, she gets to listen to. Yeah, she's listened to the last two, which is great, because we've been doing this shit for three years, and she's only listened to the last two. <laughs> does that mean, now that you know your mom's listening, does that mean you're going to cuss less? What? <laughs> Where do you think I get this shit from, dog? <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, my mom and my hilarious. grandma will cuss you out on the drop of a uh, dime, bro. It's hilarious. I see you uh, I see you messed with your background a little bit there, too, man. Yeah, you got man, some I nice stuff to... up there. You know, my wife tried to spice it up a little bit. She was tired of seeing the the trees. I mean, the the TV in the back. So, man, we switch it up a little bit. I I feel like Amber is like life's MVP always, man. Well, she's definitely my MVP. I don't know about everybody else's <laughs> life, but <laughs> uh, I hear you. Um, I uh, uh, hasn't it been nice having sports back on, man? It's been great, man. That's what I was saying. The the bubble NBA, man, bubble NBA. Is the best basketball we've seen since the '90s, guys. As far as shit talking, like good. I just wish KD was there. I, know. I wish KD was there. I wish Steph was there. I wish Kyrie. Like I wish they next year just bubble everybody and just <laughs> let them play. That's this shit is so much fun, dog. From Dame going off to PG Booker. apologizing, Devin Booker going off. They six and zero. Like this is insane, man. This is so much fun to watch. Oh man, I. Uh... I, I love it, dude. I am um I'm getting such a kick out of it. And I it looks good. It sounds good. And you are also seeing like, I mean, you you're seeing how for whatever reason, to your point, in this setting, like we sort of surmised and it's playing out this way, a star can just like will their team to wins in this setting. It's really interesting, man. It, it is. It's like, this is like summer league with the best yeah. players in the world. Yeah. So it, it's it's insane to watch. Like, this is like watching Drew League. They out there like Giannis is headbutting people. Luca <laughs> never talks shit. He's flexing on people. Yeah. Like, this is like, this is insane. And I think just because there's no fans, that's what I was saying that when Kimba was on, the no fans... That's where all the fights happen in those little gyms and all over in the summer. So now we're just getting to see it play out on ESPN and TNT and whatever you watch. Uh, it's been dope, man. It's been crazy. It's been fun been to ama- watch. It's been amazing, man. It's just nice to have games back on. I am, yo, I'm so excited if the if the Blazers end up facing the Lakers in that first round series. That is going to be dramatic, man. With yes, the way it is. the way Dame's playing and Melo and getting their big guys back, like. The Blazers are a different team than they were during the regular season. The only thing now is that CJ's got a fracture in his back. Uh, I know. That, so I know. that's 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 going to be a little tough for them because they need his scoring because Dame can't score 60 every night. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. They're going to need CJ, but that that that's going to suck for them. Uh, but but other, I mean, I, I think they have a good chance. I mean, Ben Simmons being out is going to hurt the, uh, Philly. But I, I, I think Portland has a good chance against uh, against the Lakers, man. The Lakers and the Clippers play tonight, so... We'll see. The Clippers they ain't been playing that good right now either. So we'll have to wait and see how that they don't have Montreal, they don't have Montrez Harrell yet. And you know, Lou Williams ain't kicking in really yet. So I think they'll be fine. It, that's what I'm interested to see, man. Are there some teams that it's just like they're waiting for the playoffs to a certain degree, right? Like I don't know if you can just wait for uh, this shit is up for grabs. I don't know yeah. if you can just wait for the playoffs to try to kick it in. Yeah. Like you need to start hooping now. Like, look at Phoenix. 
Yeah. Like they, I mean, they're dangerous if they get into the playoffs, man. I, you know, I, I mean, we'll How see. about the way my Nets are playing, man? They're five and two. They've had, they, they got, you know, Dinwiddie, Jordan, Kyrie, KD, Wilson Chandler all at home. All at then home. Then Torian Prince. Then they, then they've won games with Levert, Harris, and Allen all sitting. It's crazy, man. Like, yeah. five and two to start the bubble is nuts, man. Like Jacques, Jacques Vaughn might deserve that uh, job, bro. Hey, hey, one of my favorite moments of, of our uh, partnership on R2C2 was when we went to the Nets facility. Oh, yeah, and, and you, I got you, to see him. Yeah, bro, you, you he was my favorite player, guys. Yeah. It was what him and Ray LaFrance, like, I used to love those dudes, guys. Yeah. Like, I really, really enjoyed Kansas basketball when I was a kid, and he was a big part of that. I love that. We're going to have to get Jock on the pod at some point, man. Yeah, that'd yeah. be dope. I told him, too. That'd be yeah. great, man. He's done a great job. A no, great he's, job. He's been locked in, man. Yeah. They've, been, they've been doing a good job. Have you been watching any baseball? I have, man. I mean, I've been watching the Yankees every night, and then I'll flip around a little bit. I watched the Sunday night game uh, this past weekend, um, but I... Uh, I'm blown away with what Judge is doing, man. It just feel it feels like he's gonna homer every at bat. Like it, it's yeah. been incredible. Nah, Judge has been fun to watch, but Fernando Tatis is a oh. fucking star. Wow, man. This wow. guy is must see TV. And they play on the West Coast. So like I've been able to catch all their games, man. And I've been watching uh Seattle a lot. Yeah. Seattle's Seattle's Why? got some good young pitching. They got some good young players. Shed Long's good. Kyle Lewis is a beast. Yeah. Um, you obviously, you know, Sheffield and Justin Dunn are my little brothers. So right. um, I'm always watching them pitch. Um, and D Gordon, obviously, is family. So it's been fun to, to, to kind of check them out, too, out on the West Coast. Um, but watching Tatis, bro, this guy <laughs> is he's insane. He is like, ridiculous, What man. he does in the field, on the bases, at the plate. He's the, I mean, Jesus. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, man. That dude is a star, bro. I, I mean, I really love watching him. He's, he's crazy. Hey, a star like that is great for baseball, too. When you have, like, a transcendent talent that, like, does it on on defense and offense. And also, like, we've already seen the bat flips, which I love. Like, yeah. you know, he knows how to pimp his home runs perfectly already. Like, he he's he's a he is a stud, man. He's a stud, cuz. It's yeah. crazy. And then and then watching Trout, what he's doing, obviously, oh. man, he's. I don't even know what to say about that shit. That guy's <laughs> on another fucking planet. You talk about getting caught up to a different league. That guy's on another fucking planet. Another like, league, man. Another you know, league. And then every time you watch him, like, why are they throwing him fastballs right down the middle? It's not even that. He just don't miss. Yeah. You know, like, he don't miss the good pitches. He never fouls them off. He barrels them shits, and line drives turn into homers, man. You know, uh, I'm excited for our guest today, C, speaking of baseball. Mm -hmm. He's off to a great start with the Yanks. Um we get to talk with Garrett Cole. We chatted with him uh, on the press conference day for about 10 minutes. He squeezed us in, which was nice of him. And he said, hey, we got to do a longer one at some point in the near future. And we're hey, we're coming out with heavy hitters right out the gate for R2C2 in this third act. We, we started it with Scherzer. Um, last week, we had Kemba. And now, now we get Garrett Cole, who's a buddy of yours, see? Yeah, it's my guy, man. I've been knowing I've been knowing Garrett for a long time. So um getting him on the pod, he was great, you know, gracious enough to come on the day. I know there's a lot of media, man. That so for him to come on the day that he signed, I, I went through that shit. Mm. That meant a lot. You know what I mean? So um, you know, having him back on today is gonna be fun. And, you know, me and him have conversations all the time. Uh so, 
you know, really being able to have him on the pod and you guys get the fans really get to know him. You get to know him. Um, he's a great dude. He's got he's very interesting. He's, he's got yeah. some, some some great takes on a lot of things. So uh, I'm excited for people to get to know him. Yeah, you guys are going to get a kick out of this conversation. So without further ado, here is Garrett Cole on R2C2. Well, Garrett, I feel like we just need to start with congrats, man. You're a father now. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a crazy six weeks uh, juggling quite a few things, but um, boy, has it been fun. Does that change anything? Like change your routine? Like how has it been like with your routine and trying to get to the field and everything going on? Like, does it help you think? I think it certainly helps. It just, I mean, the whole thing gives you a completely new perspective on life. Right. And, um, as far as the routine going to the field, I get to catch him a couple of times before I head in. Um, and I think he wakes up like the second time about the, the time that I wake up. So it, it works out great. <laughs> you know, Garrett, I'm wondering, like, knowing just how crazy our world has been during, you know, obviously the last five months, how was it just going through the end of a pregnancy while we're going through a global pandemic? You know, she has a good perspective on it. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were quite lucky because we just got to spend so much time together. Uh, and when we found out that we were pregnant, she was pregnant. Um, you know, you think about the months coming up, you know, right before giving birth and how strenuous that can be uh, and not being to be able, not being to be around her in a normal situation um, to having to be around her every single day, getting to be around her every single day. It was, uh, it was a blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, that had to be fun to be able to be there with her and, you know, be around like for all four of my kids, like there was summer pregnancies. So like I was always going on the road and I miss Jay, I miss Jaden being born. Like, so it, it was, uh, it, it makes it tricky during the season, but that's, that's awesome that you guys got a chance to spend that time together and, and really now be able to spend that time together and, and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of love on them. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been great. It's been great. So it, it's funny, man. Cause see, we've talked about this. Like some people are like, you know, oh man, like I can't, you know, I got to get away from my family. This is too much. And then you have other people, like I know you fall in this camp. See, I fall in this camp. Garrett, it sounds like you do as well, that are used to traveling so much that are like this, you know, obviously the illness aspect of it aside and certainly wanting more things open, but what a blessing. And yeah, I've actually really loved all this time with my family and my loved ones. Like it's actually been a blast and I never would have had this time otherwise. For me, like coming right off of, um, retiring and, you know, my kids are so busy all over the place. So to be able to just have them all in the house, you know, and quarantine and like get that kind of that time back to like reconnect with them. Uh, it was definitely a blessing, man. You know, you have no choice, but to somehow try to at least frame it positively for yourself so you can get through the next step. And, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's kind of how, how we took it. I mean, it would, uh, CC already elaborated on it. it he, he never had the opportunity that I did. So I'm pretty excited for it. And, and I know, I know like you and Amy are close, like me and Amber are close. So that makes it fun too. Yeah. Like you get a partner that you can't stand and you got a quarantine and <laughs> that's, then, yeah, yes, then exactly. that's a little different. Well, it flowed, it flowed really, it flowed really well. It flowed really well. Um, I, I, you know, it was, 
we, we don't have any, you know, real friends out here. All our friends and family are mostly in California, but you know, at the same time, how much hanging out with other people was anybody really doing during that period anyway? So mm-hmm. again, um, yeah. And it's nice to have somebody that, that, you know, you can really partner up with Amy and I have been together for over 10 years at this point. And so it kind of reminded us back to like college days when we were just, you know, grinding in some, you know, apartment within, uh, <laughs> with, within 400, 500 feet of each other. And we're essentially <laughs> like living to, with each other, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Garrett, this is obviously, I mean, it's a weird season. We all know that for you on the mound and you're off to a great start, which we all would have imagined, but on the mound, how much different does it feel within your starts compared to the way it normally feels when you're competing in the big leagues with a full stadium? Yeah. The self-talk is a bit, uh, easier to hear sometimes. (laughs) Um, you know, I think that, I think that I really miss the fans. I just, I do. Um, I, I think we talk about it almost every day now, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad, I don't, maybe we should, you know, just try to be focused on what we can control, but, um, you know, you, you do, you play and you play hard, like for yourself, but also for other people and like to not be able to share that with them is, is a bit challenging. And, and, you know, some of the normal distractions that you would have, which would be like somebody yelling at you is now like nobody's yelling at you, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's posed, it's, it's posed some of its challenges. I think everybody has had to kind of look inside themselves and overcome to a certain extent. Um, hopefully it gets better as, as, as we keep going along. Um, you know, we've had our bumps, but, uh, hopefully the road smooths out ahead. I, I, yeah. I felt like it wouldn't affect you because I know how you are and like on the mound, like, you know, you locked in, but as far as like, you know, the fans and like, that's a home field advantage for us. Like you come to the Bronx and the fans are rowdy. Like that, that throws people off. You know what I mean? Like starters, whoever else, like they get, they get nervous about coming to the Bronx. So I'm for sure looking forward to, you know, you guys getting the fans back in there and getting really getting that home field advantage and kind of get you getting that feel of pitching in the Bronx with a packed stadium. I've heard, well, yeah, that every time I've, every time I've pitched there at a packed stadium, it's been a hundred percent against me. So I would like to see it be a hundred percent for me because I enjoyed it when it was against me too, you know? You're you're going to love it when it's for you. I promise you, you're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrett, have you guys got any feel as to whether or not there's a possibility of having some portion of the crowd at some point during this season? Um nothing has been like officially said to us. We did come across an article about Cincinnati, the Reds allowing fans sooner rather than later. Mm. Uh, so that was kind of a, you know, I don't know. I think it was on like a bleacher report or Larry Brown something. So I'm not quite sure of the credibility. It's not like I've seen it in USA today, but definitely heard some murmurings. Um, so I guess we hope. Yeah. It'd be, Cause I feel like, you know, normally it's all perspective, right? Like if, if you normally were pitching in a ballpark 25% full, you'd be walking out there saying, oh, I'm, what's with the atmosphere today? But you go from no fans, right? All of a sudden, I'm sure that would provide some energy, even if it's, you know, even if you see fans spaced and it and it obviously looks sparse, it's going to look full after what you've gone through. Uh, especially if it's the right 25, the loud 25, then, you know, it'll, it'll, they'll, they'll, they'll make up for, you know, like a three quarters crowd. That's lazy. So, so, um, yeah, we're, we're holding out hope for sure. Um, you know, but 
the games are still edgy. That's uh, that's for sure, as as you probably could tell from the you know, Tampa Bay series this last <laughs> this last weekend and and some other times. You know, you just hear everything on the field, um, and you know we're playing for keeps, so it's it's uh, it's it's unique. It's different for sure. That's what I was going to ask you about, like hearing all the chirping from the dugout. I feel like that would get super intense. Especially like I know me, I chirped a lot. So like no fans in the stands <laughs> and it's quiet and then I'm start I start yelling. I for sure would have started a couple fights for sure. So yeah. what, what's that what's that like like hearing the chirping in the dugout from the other team? Well, I I mean, I haven't had I haven't I don't think anybody's chirped at me. And then I think um I think in terms of like I know what you're saying how like everybody's talking some, you know, everybody's talking trash in the dugout and, and you do it like loud enough so that everybody in the dugout can hear you, but you don't like do it loud enough to like all the time loud enough to, for the other team to hear you. And yeah. so like, I, it's, it's, those comments are definitely like you're in the middle. Like I don't really want them to hear this, but like, I want to fire up the guys. And then there's a the challenge of sometimes you're like, sometimes you're like way down there, you know, like in the trough, you're not in the dugout. So you're like, Let's go! Yeah, and you know that you know that everybody's listening. To you. you know, like it's just bouncing. You know, it's bouncing off of the ceiling. So I don't know. It's 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 uh it's, it's different. It's different. See, it's different. Ruko, I would I would have started a lot of fights in this fucking atmosphere. Oh I promise you. Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> Are you kidding me? You would have been. You, I would have been horrible started, for this atmosphere. Uh, you you'd have been like Loriano walking from the mound to the dugout to go challenge one, someone. One thousand percent. They threw at DJ. Four, I counted this last series four times. They went up and in. I would have charged somebody for sure from the dugout. <laughs> 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 Garrett, when you're like, because uh, one of the things um, that gets talked about a lot during your broadcast, and I know I found myself saying it, even I was doing some of the broadcasting during uh, the intra-squad games you were doing, and, and it just seems like there's this palpable focus from you and intensity. Um, and when you are on the mound in these situations with the different circumstances, do you still feel that same level of, intensity, focus, engagement that you normally do in prior seasons, obviously, without these unusual circumstances? Yeah, I do. Um, I do, and I just try not to be too hard on myself, too, because, like, we're 16 games into a season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, normally... uh, So that's what I was alluding to earlier when I said, like, the self-talk. Like, it's very, you know, it's it's very... It can be a little be a little hard to like you know kind of keep it keep it positive in those situations but the focus is is definitely there because there's there's edge i mean you feel you know you definitely feel the other team so that 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 turns the switch for sure it feels real feels real well i mean you know i was thinking about it this way see the other day i was like when you're growing up playing right like you're playing whatever high school ball or youth ball whatever it is you know, you're not necessarily playing in front of more than like a few parents, you know, and, and, and you feel it's the, it's the opponent that drives the competition, right? For for sure. I mean, but when you become a Yankee, the fan, fan, (laughs) no, seriously, the fans are a part of it. Like that's a part of, of being a Yankee is playing in the Bronx and dealing with these fans. And like for us, like, you know, for me coming here and for Garrett coming here, like, you get the shit into that when you were a visiting player. Like, you yeah. want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to feel that energy. When I pitched in the Bronx, 
I felt invincible a lot, a lot of times, like just because I knew I had the energy of, of the stadium behind me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's different. I mean, it's probably different for guys in Detroit or Tampa because they never play in front of fans. No disrespect, <laughs> but it is what it is. Like you come to New York, and, and, and even when we go on the road, the stadiums are packed because everybody's coming to see us. Garrett, when when you are when you're self talking, what's the thing you're most commonly saying to yourself on the mound to kind of get yourself locked in or lined up? Um, just I guess whatever whatever I feel, whatever like adjustments I've been making in the bullpen, um, you know, just to kind of do simple reminders. Most of the time it's to stay aggressive within the strike zone. Like, you know, I just don't like throwing balls a lot. Um, <laughs> and so uh, situational stuff, you know, game, game situations, the next pitch, what I didn't like about the last pitch. There's, there's kind of a lot. Um, and the, depending on the situation, I guess it would vary a little bit, but most of the time it's, you know, just trying to motivate yourself, I guess, more or less to just, you know, stay on edge and stay right there. It's very easy to go down that rabbit hole of being of negative. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you're on the mound, it's, it's, it makes it easy. So you have to have like little cues and little things like, you know, little adjustments you want to make within your body. Or like he said, you know, in your what you've been working on in the bullpen, you always trying to tell yourself to whatever it is, stay back, whatever, you know, get the ball out, whatever you're trying to do um, is what you're talking to yourself about most of the time when you're on the mound. You know, you guys, uh, you can both um, relate to this in different ways. Like the idea of when you have that stuff, see, you talked about before, where you just know, like, no one could touch me today. You know, I mean, you see, you had that stuff for obviously a huge portion of your career. You adjusted at the end. Garrett, you're still right in the throes of having that stuff. But I know one of the things you've talked about is, hey, those starts where I don't have my A stuff, you know, being able to being able to navigate to kind of like nerd out from a pitching standpoint. Cause see, one of the things I love about this pod is we've learned that you actually love nerding out about pitching. We weren't <laughs> sure in the beginning, but you, but sure. you, you, you gotten into that. What is tangibly when you're on the mound, Garrett, you have your a stuff or you don't, let's say you get on the mound, you have your B stuff. How different, like how quickly do you know? And how much differently are you going through your process then on the mound within that start? So, you know, quickly, right? But you always hold out hope that, <laughs> that the game's going to come later. It's going to come. Right? It's going to come. Like, it's going to be all right. Like, it's not that bad. And, you know, sometimes the most sometimes the most encouragement can just be like some BS from your catcher. Like, dude, it's good fastball today. And it's like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll roll with it. Or, or maybe you believe him and maybe you believe him and it, and it does turn into a good fastball. But I would say um, outside of that, uh, you definitely want to, you definitely want to be like present, be self-aware and know like, okay, are they swinging and missing today? Are they seeing it? How are they reacting? Once you take that temperature within the moment, uh, it really kind of depends on the game situation. Is it, are you on the, are you at home? Are you on the road? Do you have a lead? Is it tied? Uh, and I learned a lot of those things, um, because the national league kind of forces you to manage the game a little bit, especially pitch count too. Um, if you want to try to get deep into the game and, and try mm. to get a win, because the more innings you get, the more chance you, you get to secure the win. Uh, so that's one direction takes you one way, the other direction, but, but by and large, that's, that's the approach. 
I mean, he's right. You find, I mean, you know right away in the bullpen. Even for me, like sometimes playing catch, um, when I would be, when I was younger, I'd be, I, lo- I would know, you know, but the fastball's not there, or you know, my changeup's not going to be there today. But you know, I would just try to go out and and really just compete that day. You know what I mean? Those were the days where I was just grinding, like you know, trying to be aggressive in the strike zone, trying not to waste pitches, trying to pitch the contact. Um, and just get some quick outs. I, 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 those days, I would lo- I would use my two seamer a lot. Um, I would pitch in a lot more. You know, try to make them uncomfortable. Try to make it seem like I had my shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> just trying to fake it till it till it came. Hopefully by the third yeah. fourth inning. You know what I mean? But um, it was just always little things I would do. I would I would definitely throw a lot of more two seamers, and I would pitch in a lot more on the days that I didn't have uh, my my really good fastball. Yeah, I I would I would echo that too, and I would say that. Um, if it's not your two seamer or your or your change up, it's it's whatever whatever weapon that you have matches up greatest. To, you know, you're not afraid to go to the hole all the time from the get go when you know you don't have your stuff. So if the guy can't hit a slider and you don't have a great fastball that day, I mean, you're starting with the slider and going to the fastball as opposed to you're going to start with the fastball and go to the slider. Um, that especially is true when the game's tight. You know, now if you get a bit of a lead, there's nobody on and, you know, maybe your goal has changed to try to get deeper uh, and you have a little bit of room, you have a little bit of rope to say, I can challenge him in this situation because seven out of 10 times it's an out, even if he puts a good swing on it. Uh, you know, you can, you can kind of manage it in, in that sense. Um, but it is, it is definitely different going from the National League to the American League, but there still is, you know, it's more challenging because of the DH. You have to, the lineup is another is another one and a half to two holes deeper, uh, typically than the National League. Um, so it's it, it it each league poses its own challenges. For, for sure, I mean, I, when I went from Cleveland to Milwaukee, I remember that first start I had against Colorado, and I was just kind of like, kind of trying to spot up around the zone, and you know, just trying to pitch like I was in the American League. And I remember I came in after the game, and Kendall was like, "Bro." This is the National League has like seven, eight, nine are fucking outs. Like you got to get them out. You can't be fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be fucking around with these guys. So that just made me like be aggressive. Like and from then on, when even when I came back to the Yankees to the American League, I would just try to be super aggressive in the strike zone and, and not not fuck around, not waste pitches, not like you know, like you said, I didn't want to throw a lot of balls. Um, you know, Cliff Lee, me and Cliff are, are really close, and you have you guys are a lot alike on the mound and how you think. And he would always tell me like, bro, what are you doing? Like your shit's way better than mine. Just fucking throw the ball over the plate. You know what I'm saying? Like he was never scared to give up runs. He was so confident um, early. And, you know, I just kind of learned from that too. And, you know, having those conversations with him and, you know, just kind of learning my, getting my confidence more and more because, you know, I wasn't really a, you know, I didn't pitch all the time when I was younger. So I was kind of learning mentality and everything in the big leagues. I was learning everything in the big leagues. So, um, having Cliff around was was huge for me too. Is there a time like Garrett where like all of a sudden y- you realize like oh like I don't need to be worried when I don't have my A stuff right? Because I'm sure it's a part of pitching forever, right? But I would imagine as you learn to navigate better throughout the course of your career when you don't have like your top level stuff, there's a different level of like yeah okay well one hurdle that I don't have any longer is worrying about not having my A stuff anymore like. Can, can you remember when you kind of got to that place where you're like, oh, okay, I know I have enough. Like, I don't have to be freaked out by this. 
Um, I, I think it just comes with collecting wins on bad days. <laughs> like it just comes with experience, right? Yeah. Like, dang, I was pretty, I was pretty, I was pretty trash today. And, and we scored a few runs early and, you know, I pitched around the zone. And so I, you know, then that's a win. That's a win in the big leagues. So, um, yeah, there's no worry. I mean, obviously you're, you're trying to perfect it. Right. And, and so there's a part of you that's not satisfied when you don't bring out the A game, even though it's unrealistic to expect it every single time. Um, but by and large, like uh, those numbers are those numbers are personal. The team the team win at the end of the game. That's that's what matters. So just just figure out how to get it done, I guess. And and, and so I'm pretty confident every time I go out there that I, regardless of what I got, I can I can figure it out. That and and that that'll be like that's what helped me later in my career. Like I didn't. I mean, I knew I didn't have shit the last four years, so I didn't even have to worry about it. But I knew I was going to go out and compete. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going out to try to kick somebody's ass. And it just came from the days when you don't have your good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it, it, it helped my mentality as I got older when I'm fucking throwing 88-mile-hour cutters and backdoor sliders. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 that mentality started when I was younger in those games when I had to compete when I didn't have my stuff. I think the first few, few times you feel like you're lucky, and then the next few times, you know... You kind of don't believe it. And then after that, you're like, no, bro. Like, even if <laughs> even if I had my bad stuff and 10 of those wins, like, I did what I needed to do seven out of the 10 times to get to, for, for, us to, for us to win the game. And the other three times I got lucky. So I'm still shooting 70% and, I gotta, and I'm getting 30% luck. So I'm, I'm in a good spot. You, you know what's interesting, Garrett, because you talk about wins and, like, I, I know you're – analytically uh you know aware and and verse and i like to think that i am as well see i know you're getting more and more into all the numbers as well <laughs> <laughs> but like i still i still value pitcher wins and and just hearing see i know you know i know you seem to to a certain degree garrett hearing you talk it sounds like you do to a certain degree too i mean for people who Am I right in saying like, yeah, you still look at like your wins and they hold value to you, your pitcher wins, even though you know, hey, that might not be the most like indicative stat anymore in an analytical era. Well, do you want to go see? I mean, if first of all, if you're a Yankee, it's it's probably your favorite stat across the board. And then outside of outside of that, like it it's it's a great, I mean, it's a I don't know. I try, you're trying to win. So like every time yeah. you step on the field, right? Like every time yeah. you step on yeah. the field, if you can walk away with it with a W, you're like, this is a good day. Um, yeah. I don't know. So it's maybe it's a, maybe it's a stat that's indicative of like how you perform in the heat of the moment, maybe. Um, and then some of the other stuff is indicative to like, you know, your true, uh, maybe I guess, raw talent level in a certain in, to a certain extent but i guess there's a talent to win games too yeah i'm not sure if i'm making any sense no, no you are no, making no, sense 1, yeah. there's yeah. a talent in winning games bro people like there's guys that that can't win games get to the sixth seventh inning crunch time and they give up a double triple homer like we've seen that a million times there's a there's definitely a talent in the art to winning games like but for me as far as like pitcher wins I never really cared. I just cared about my team winning. I w and I honestly, like, looking back on it, I wish I cared about 
my own personal stats a little more because I probably would have, I could have had more wins if I cared, but I just only cared, really cared about my team winning. I, I never really, I never really honestly cared about my record, but, to be honest. Let me, let me throw out two li- a line and each of you guys say what you prefer, all right? In both cases, your team wins, okay? In one case, you go seven innings, you give up two hits, no runs, uh, you have 12 strikeouts, no decision, your team wins, okay? The other case, you go seven innings, you give up five hits, two runs, same amount of strikeouts, you get the win, and your team wins. Would you rather take the seven shutout innings and you get the person you don't get the personal win or the seven innings, two runs, and you get the personal win? Either way, your team's winning. I take the seven shutout with the with the no decision really? because because like Garrett said, seven out of the ten times, I'm gonna win that game. You know what I'm saying? I was just unlucky on that day. But for the most part, if I'm going seven, giving up nothing, we're gonna win the game. So I feel pretty good about that. I would say I would probably I would probably say the same thing. I, I, I guess I'd probably be frustrated about giving up the two runs, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then and you give up those two runs, like that could you that can turn into a loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially yeah. if it's late in the game, because I had games where I was in the ninth inning and gave up a run or two and lost the game. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would much rather take the shutout because nine times out of ten, I'm gonna get a win out of that anyway. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. I, I I would I would agree. I would say that's what you would that's what you would strive for, and you definitely will take the seven and two with the W though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Garrett. How about when you're building a relationship with a new catcher, like you are now with Gary Sanchez? What goes into that? What are the most important parts of of, of doing that and doing it right? I think just buying into the other person, really. Um, oftentimes, some of the best qualities of a catcher are just kind of to be the pitcher's, you know, best friend or somebody that he can lean on, uh, you know, while he's going through the shit. And, uh, I think it, the relationship can work the same vice versa. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to talk with Gary all the time and, you know, try to get him, try to, try to get to know him. Um, but also like support him you know, in his hitting and his blocking when he's catching other guys, trying to support his relationship with other people, because ultimately if the communication's flowing, I mean, he's the one guy that, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of catchers are managers is because you know, all the, all the information flows through the catcher. So you can facilitate that conversation between the catchers and the pitchers. Uh, usually have a lot of, I think, continuity between the whole team. So Easiest way is just to be just to become friends, like literally, like really friends. Like everybody, every catcher that I had that I played with, but during the time that we played together, we were really close. From Victor Martinez to Jason Kendall to Russell Martin to Brian McCann, who I just you know was with in Atlanta. Like, um, yeah, I mean the the best way to is just to really know them, know their family, know what they like, you know, different ways to to communicate. And not just always baseball. It can't yeah. always just be baseball because, you know, at certain points you're going to bump heads. You got to have some kind of way to communicate outside of the field, um, outside of being on the mound. So, um, you know, the easiest way is, is what Garrett's doing. You know what I mean? And him and Gar- Gary are becoming close. And, you know, we had a conversation where it was kind of like he was texting through somebody else and Gary was like, nah, fuck that. I just texted myself. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of stuff. And that type of stuff goes a long way with Gary, too. 
Like he's not talking through Marlon. Like I'm talking to you directly. You know, so that's uh that, that's huge. I think too, uh, like you said, you, you just become close with your catcher because because by and large, when when you go out there and pitch, at the end of the day, you're grinding to a certain extent, and then he's grinding at the same time because he's been squatting back there for two hours. So you bond over that, and and then uh, you also the same kind of holds true. Uh, you know, the, the, the wrong pitch with the right conviction often has a better chance than the right pitch with the wrong conviction. So sometimes if the slider's needed, but you know, the guy wants to throw the heater, like if you drop the heater down, he's probably going to get it by him, you know, just in that spot. And so there are a lot of big pitches like that. And that doesn't come from the card. That doesn't come from the game plan that comes from like, just, I'm assuming it's coming from how if your best friend came into the park and he was in a bad mood, like he wouldn't need to say anything to you for you to recognize that he was in a bad mood. And so if the catcher can recognize whatever emotion that is, like, and tap into that, like sync together, you just, you get, you get good stuff. You get good stuff that day. Sato was great at that and Victor Martinez, but, but, but Posado would like, he knew I would throw, want to throw a slider to somebody, say it was, I don't know. I mean, I'm just making up somebody, Bobby Abreu or Garrett Anderson. Like, I would always throw them sliders. And he would, if I if I wanted to throw a slider, but he wanted me to throw a heater, he would just give me a one and, like, come, like throw this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And that would make <laughs> yeah. me, like, let's go then. Like, like you know, if yeah. you feel like I can get it by him, then I'm going to get it by him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like... Uh, I remember too with I remember too with Maldonado. He would he would say the same thing, but he wouldn't throw the fastball down and 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 give you the fist. He would he would throw the fastball down and let me shake to the slider glider to the fastball. So he would like reverse the split. No, I wanted to shake so he could mix up the he could mix up the shake. So it would be unpredictable, and it was like crazy. He was like, you know why you know why I threw the fastball there? And I was like, why is it? Because I wanted you to shake to the slider because we hadn't done that all game. And I was like, how do, how do you know that? Like, yeah, great. see? That's great. That's, that's great. great. That that's helps top, you. That's top notch. Yes. Like, yeah. and that makes that you want to. like, oh, oh, dude, he shook to the fastball four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that is fantastic. Garrett, what, um, who who's the guy on? And I know it's got to be a little weird just getting to know new teammates with the protocols and everything uh, this season. But who's the guy you find yourself talking shop with the most on this team? Um, I'm pretty close with um, probably probably Britain. We're 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 locker mates uh, more or less. And um, yeah, timing is he's always around, right? Because like we can't you know it's you can't just be with people, you know. Yeah, I've been able to sneak. I've been able to sneak and I, I hope the labor relations department isn't listening to this podcast, but I've been able to <laughs> sneak a few innings down by the manager and Matt uh, and Matt Blake during, during, uh, you know, during when some of the other guys are pitching, um, to, to get a kind of a better view and to get a better view, you know, just vibe of the, of the club. Cause that's where all the stuff goes on is right there. Um, so I've been able to, I've been able to keep up with them a little bit, but Britain for sure. He's just, He's just like everybody's friend, you know, he's the, he's, uh, he's got, he's got friends everywhere and he communicates with everybody on the team. So, you know, he, and he's a great player rep. So he's, he's a good person to, to talk shop with a lot. 
Yeah, he's a great dude. He's one of our. He's he's an R two C two favorite man. He, yeah, yeah. He, he a good he storyteller to, too, man. He needs to start his own pod. I told him that in spring yeah. training with the breakfast. I'm like, yo, dog, you need to start a podcast. Like, ASAP. I know, I know, I know. He's an entertaining guy. I mean, Garrett, how? What are the challenges right now in as a, as a new teammate here in building relationships because of the protocols? The biggest thing is seeing people's faces. That's what I was about to say. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I try to smile under my mask, but I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you know, like sometimes a smile goes a long way with people, you know, yeah. uh, when they're grinding in the cage and you just say, Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Looks good. But something like that, you know, and you, and you just can't do that. So that's, it's, it's so it weird. It's so weird even being down there for me, like, cause it's almost like texting people. Like you can't text the tone or like the context. Yeah. You can't see people's facial expressions. So yeah, you say yeah, something yeah. and it's, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to to try to get to know people and have to wear a mask because you don't know, you know, what's going on under there. It is. It is tough. It, it reminds me, Cece, of our uh, the book we love, Chris Voss, with the negotiations that he talks about. I think it's like 12 percent of communication is the actual content of the words. And then. Yeah whatever percentage is body language and the other percentage is facial expression, you know? Garrett, how about, man, I heard from Adam Adovino, you are an unbelievable chef that you cooked him a five-star meal during quarantine. And I know you have uh, your show with Amy, uh, the culinary experience, um, the uh, the cooking blog, I should say. What, what, yeah. Yeah, what, I mean, wh- where's the passion for cooking come from, man? Like, h- h- how's that going? How's that developing? Um, my mom cooked for us every night, um, of the week and my dad cooked on the weekends and my dad would include, uh, my sister and I on the weekends and we would read, uh, we would, you know, read a recipe out of a book, go to the store, buy the ingredients, come back and, and, and cook usually and give mom a break. Um, so I got a lot of my uh, passion from, from those weekends. And I got a lot of my quick techniques and, and some things I I make during the week from my mother uh, and especially her Italian dishes as well. And I I don't know, I just always cooked through, I always cooked through college. It was cheaper. It was easier to, to cook for, you know, four or five guys and just go to, you know, walk down to Trader Joe's and just buy a chicken. And, And that was like 14, 14 bucks for dinner with chicken and roasted vegetables and the rest was spent on beer. So it was very, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was efficient uh, in that regard. Um, and I, I have a couple nice kitchens uh, now. And so I, I just love to use them. Uh, he is also a wine connoisseur, Ruko. And so he's who Amber calls him or Amy to figure out which wine to drink with whatever we're having that night. And he's the one that got me on no soy, no gluten. So, me looking Ooh. like this came from him, you know, with the diet and stuff. We went to dinner in spring training, and I started talking about keto. We started talking about diet, and, you know, I uh, started – he told me about soy and gluten, and I started reading up, and now that's my diet, man. I mean, Garrett, how about the work you did? How about – your man is jacked up now, man. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest. It's more than – a little more hard work than just the soy and the gluten, but – um um, yeah, but by and large, it's hard to get high quality soy products. So, um, yeah, I thought that was, I'm, I'm glad it helped him. I mean, he looks great. I mean, really he does. 
Uh, he needs to play a little more catch, but he looks great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how about that right, first dude, pitch? I can, I'm, hey. I came right up through it, bro. I if, got you. And, if he didn't scoop that, that like they playing that shit on ESPN. That's like the real. Oh, you know, if he does 100%. not scoop, he, he saved me, man. He saved my life. It's right like there. it's like. Fauci won, and then CC, and he's <laughs> burning both of you. But the pick finished it is a nice. I mean, all it's like the infielders, you know, like Yo. they all make these, they all make these great plays, and they make these horseshit throws, and somebody just <laughs> saves their ass at the end, and they end up on Sports Center. You know yeah. what's crazy? You should see the picture of me actually throwing, bro. It is horrible. Like I really need to, I really need to practice, dog. Like it, I look, I look really bad. It looked like it uh, was kind of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then you just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, 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 he was talking to you the whole time. Oh, <laughs> man. That was so, it was so awkward being up there. Like, that seems like some, like a lifetime ago for me now. Like, being on a mound and like, I don't know, it's weird. Even like watching you, I was watching you, one of those, um, the, during the summer camp and like just watching you out there grinding I'm like man like I used to do that like it's weird now like sitting in the stands and just watching you guys man it's crazy I will say I've only I've thrown one ceremonial first pitch out at my high school and um, it's unsettling to step on the mound without cleats yeah for sure mm. And I'm sure, I'm sure you pitched in metal your whole career oh yeah uh, I mean yeah. I don't know how anybody would throw in not metal so yeah, it's a it's a little it was a little unnerving. I almost bounced it too, um, <laughs> and, I, and and I just got you know contract for the Yankees, so I considered myself pretty decent thrower at that point. And I almost <laughs> <bounced it. laughs> that's great. Hey, G- Garrett, can I? I want to throw out a few questions from our followers, if that's yeah. all right. Um, sure. J- John Hoey, who actually. Uh, host an awesome Star Wars podcast, by the way. CC and I are big Star Wars fans. Are you yeah. into Star Wars at all, Garrett? I, I'm not a. I, I do love Star Wars, but I'm not a Star Wars like geek kind Got of thing. You. But I do. I do love the movies. If it's on, I'm watching it. All right, that's fair. We, we'll, we'll, we're considering we'll you a fan that, then. Yeah, sure. we'll take that for sure, man. Um, so John wants to know: Are you superstitious? And do you have any superstitions you always practice on days you're scheduled to pitch? I would say. Uh, I wouldn't call it a superstition. I would just call it a fact. I'm going to avoid spicy foods on days that I pitch. And <laughs> okay. outside of that, um, I, I don't know if it's super, it's more like I want to nail my routine before I get in. So I, I have things pretty, pretty timed out. Um, so I do like to, I do like to follow those, follow those things as, as smoothly and as like, effortlessly as I can and try not to think about, you know, what the next move is as I, as I go through my day. Um, so I'm pretty particular about that, but I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. Um, some I'm as superstitious as any other baseball player on the field in terms of like, uh, don't touch the trash that blows on the field or, um, you know, make sure that, uh, you don't, you know, you don't celebrate before your days, don't celebrate before your day's over. Cause usually your day ends up bad when you give it like a fist pump too early or something like that. And, um, <laughs> you know, some other things, whatever the team's into too, is also important. If the team is superstitious, then I'm on board with that. Um, but that's a little bit me. It's not, it's kind of vanilla. It's not very interesting. What, what's the, see, I'd be curious about this too, cause we've had these conversations, but what's the thing 
that like you just absolutely do not want to hear someone say to you the day you're pitching. Like if they come up to you and say this, you're like, oh no, come on. Like it, 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 you do not want to hear it the day you're pitching. Cause we, cause C and I have talked about it. C was always so comfortable. Yeah, um, it, the only thing like, that would bug, bug me is like, cause the media would always bother me on the day that I pitch. That's it. Like, but as far as people, I wanted people to talk to me. So yeah. I can keep my mind but, off of the game. But, but if the I media go back comes, and forth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I go back and forth. I have my headphones on uh, when I'm doing stuff that I want to I want to focus on and I don't want to be around other people. But by and large, before the game, certainly at least at least an hour, 45 minutes to an hour before the game, I don't have my headphones on. I would say I like to. I definitely like to interact with people. Um, but what bugs me probably would be is if you were talking to me and you didn't know I was pitching. Mm. If you knew I was pitching and you were talking to me, then you were most likely very sure. concise with your words and you were not trying to ramble and you were like, yeah, you were like... The the only time I wore headphones was Stevie stretching me. So when Stevie stretched me, um, I put my headphones in and listened to like whatever song. But that was literally the only time just because I didn't want to talk during that time. That was the only time I would like think about the game. Uh, 15 minutes, Stevie stretched me. And then after that, like I'm back to normal. I do. I have it on with my routine that I warm up on kind of by myself. And then I put on a little bit of music when I'm going over my, uh, when I'm writing my scouting report. And then outside of that, I got my headphones off. Mm, got it. We got one more for you, Garrett. And thanks for giving us so much time, man. A yeah, lot of people, sure. uh, a lot of people wanted to know what you think about judge. And so I'm not going to name just one handle. We had a ton of people asking you, asking what it's like watching Judge day in, day out, especially this start that he's off to and, and being his teammate now. He's a, he's a special player, special talent. Uh, he's, he needs to get called up to the to the next league because uh, <laughs> the parks here can't. They're not made for people his size. Um, I mean, and then to have just those larger-than-life talent attributes align with you know, a larger-than-life personality – you know, you're watching kind of a one of one and, and I'm, you know, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I, I feel like, you know, come across a couple of unique players, uh, in terms of that. And I think there's another one on the team, uh, named DJ LeMayu. It's that, that talent to see the ball and hit the ball. Just, it just doesn't come around much in generations. And I, I don't know, I think he's, I think he's pretty talented, but judge is just like, it's almost super superhero-ish. It's not real sometimes, you know? <laughs> it's true, man. I mean, just the way he hit that that rocket out to right center last right? night. It's like right? what? That was oh. just like uh that was that was just like that was, a, just like, that that. was like, a, like a yeah, it was just uh that was, was a base like, hit swing, you know what I'm saying? Like a like a like a line drive. Hundred percent it was a base hit. Hundred percent it was a base hit. And that shit went five hundred feet off the Toyota sign. Like Yeah, and it was it was like but oh, he could even like flare a pop up, and that shit's three hundred and thirty feet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like his yeah. home runs to right are like they're fucking flares, cause like them shits are like moving yeah. to yeah, the line. Some of them are. No, the ones down the line. I'm saying like those shits are pop ups, cause he just hits the ball and that shit's gone. That's what makes him impossible to. That's what makes him like impossible to pitch to. Is like he hits it off the. He hits the ball off the label. Um, which he wants to do because he's backing the ball up and he beats the outfielder. That's what's that's what's like different about everybody. It's like you're sometimes you know even guys with with like deadly 
with deadly accuracy, ball to the barrel, like uh, who overperformed for their size. A couple of guys uh, in Houston or, um, I mean, everybody's so big on our team. I'm trying to think of somebody else who, you know, Rafael Devers, like if mm-hmm. he clips it, it goes like 450. But like if he, if these guys don't, if they don't hit it though, like it doesn't go out. Like AJ doesn't hit it and it, it's got a shot anywhere in any <laughs> park. And it's, it's, it's like, we had a lot of home runs in, in, in Houston and, and, but then like the type of home runs that we had here, like they go out anywhere every time there's no wall scrapers. If it's a wall scraper, it's Giancarlo and he just dropped a two iron on like a <laughs> fastball down the way. And it, and it was like one twelve, and it, clip the top and then that's the only like Gio Urshela hits the ball 430 feet too he's at the freaking yeah. 8 hole he's the yes. 8 hole and Luke? he hits 430 foot Luke you like, got 40, 40. back man 40. I mean and then GT not even really going yet Sanchi not going yeah. yet and then you got Miggy in the minor leagues like the lineup is insane bro it's it's crazy it's you got Brett Gardner going oppo like what's I going mean, on I mean whoa that's a fucking oh, joke we gotta get these baseballs back to normal, cause because hey, no, when no, I no, play no, with that guy, top hand. I keep telling that shit, him that shit was a double behind the tarp, cause that shit, his motherfucker getting Homer's apple, cause get the fuck out of here. I'm not buying that bullshit. <laughs> I, I, the balls are the balls are are are. are. That's why. That's where I draw the line. Guardy going apple. I draw the line. Fuck. That. <laughs> Uh, Garrett, thank thank you for giving us so much time, man. I I love the enthusiasm for the lineup, too, man. I could just see, you know, in addition to being an ace, I could see what an awesome teammate you are, just seeing how enthused you get about your bats, man. I love it. Hey, we we, we watch, I watch 130, well, typically in a usual year, I watch 130 baseball games and play in 30. So when you get to watch world-class lineup like this, uh, you know, you don't have to go to ESPN to find it. You just have to go to work. And so that's quite, that's nice. That is nice. <laughs> Pretty awesome, man. That's a well, great ne- way to sum it up. Next time we have you on, I'm going to have to ask you about some of your favorite uh, producers from Bordeaux. Cause I know you're a Bordeaux guy. And I, love, I love my wine. So I'm, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a little cold tutorial on Bordeaux next time. You got yeah. it. Let's check in soon then. He's the guy. I'm telling you. Sound sounds good, man. Garrett, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. I see you. All right. Well, see, now I can't wait for Garrett to come back, and we, we could just do a wine podcast, man. We just got to do. I mean, well, I can't actually talk about it, but we could just do straight <laughs> wine. Maybe we'll get Amber on it for that for that pod. How about that? that How about that? We we let Amber come in for the wine and we'll do, you know, <laughs> Bordeaux with Garrett. And, and yes. hey, hey, you can still do the food portion if we make it a oh, food and yeah. wine I podcast. Could, I, could def- I could definitely do the food portion, but uh, I'll <laughs> let Amber handle the wine portion. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds good. But see, you know, I think the thing that stood out most to me, how much he genuinely enjoys watching his teammates, man. Like that was really interesting. Bro, and, and I mean, not to, you know, piggyback on what he said, but that the last three years, that's why I came back to yeah. watch these guys, man. It's incredible to see what Judge is doing and Sanchi and, you know, I love watching GT. So, I mean, like like he said, you don't have to go to ESPN to watch the basically the best lineup in the league. It's right here in front of you. So, makes you sit in the dugout, makes you appreciate everything and 
um, just really being a part of being a Yankee. I just can't wait for him to pitch in a, in a packed stadium. Yeah, you know, me too, I, I, man. I know him. I know. I know what he wants to feel. Yeah. Um. So you know that's coming soon, and, and I think, bro, this guy's gonna be lights out in, in yeah. the Bronx for a long <laughs> time, bro. You you know what's funny, man? I uh, <laughs> you guys are talking about kind of um, and I was asking you about when you don't have your best stuff and how you navigate it. And I was thinking about, and I saved using the analogy because I didn't want to waste Garrett's time with more of my thoughts. But it, it, I, I was thinking my analogy in my head is like my voice. Like, do I have my A pipes or do I have my B pipes today? How am I gonna, na- <laughs> <laughs> how am I gonna navigate this broadcast? Is that a know, thing? Is that a thing? You have A pipes and B pipes? It's a hundred percent a thing. It is a hundred percent a thing. And and there's certain days where you're like, you wake up and you're like. Oh shit. Like how am I going to like if I got to hit a big call, like what's that going to sound like? I got to oh, I'm going to have to navigate. But what's funny is the more reps you have in your career, the more you get used to figuring out how to still give like to the audience what would be the same quality broadcast, you know? Like how to still pitch yourself to a win, so to speak, you know? Like so <laughs> <laughs> I saved that for we're not wasting Garrett's time, but I was uh, thinking it. I was thinking great. it. That's great. That's uh, great. But, dude, you're you're a powerful person. You're in a bunch of different fields now. We want fans in the stands. We got to scale up production of these point of care rapid tests, man. There's a lot of them out there now and we're still using these PCR tests that take 10 to 14 days, day, yeah. yeah, or or 3 days, 2 3 days at best. We need yeah. these we need these Rapid kit, Michael Mina on Twitter. I'm telling you, follow this dude. Like he's on it, man. Like we, that's what we need. Why couldn't you then have him on at an entrance to a stadium or an arena or something? Yeah, you know what I mean? Test like, him right there. Yeah. yeah, man. That's what we need. So see, I, I'm putting you in charge of scaling that up in our country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that. Get on it, man. All right, dude. Another good week. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. It sounds like we might even have a two episode week next week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll see. We, but we I'm excited some, for it. We we got some things. Cooking. Okay. All right, everybody. You know what to do. It's a new feed, so you gotta you gotta subscribe. Head to Spotify, download R two C two there, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're telling everybody you know, and uh, let's keep it going. Peace.